1: On SENSA, welcome to The Sandful Show.
2: Fierce Rivalries. Nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League.
1: Jared Walsh and Dan Menzel here on this Wednesday afternoon on SENSA and Men's. As I say good afternoon to you, I feel like every week we come in here preparing to get on the microphones in Studio Lumo, talk about the Sandful, Fierce Rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandfall League. And you can predict absolutely
2: nothing correctly
1: because all of the results were so strange on the weekend, apart from
2: a couple of them. It's every single week there's something bizarre that happens. Now, I will put my hand up while she and say that I did pick Norwood last week as you did. a real smoky. And uh, they were so impressive. So I can't wait to. We've got Matty Panos coming on the show. I can't wait to ask him after eight straight losses, three wins now. What is the feeling like down at the Redlegs? And you look at the table
1: at the moment, which is unbelievable. So Norwood are now equal bottom with West Adelaide. Three on the trot. But again, they're only two games outside of the five, which just shows the evenness of the competition. Um, Speaking of which, we talk about development of young players. Before we get into the week in review, I wanted to give a little bit of a shout out to the Torrens University SA under 16s, who blitzed Vic Country by 73 points in game two of the AFL National Championships on the Gold Coast. They're playing a a couple of games there, and there's some um, familiar names, including a young Kellaway kid, who is the son of Duncan Kellaway, who's... Uh, had a fantastic relationship with South Australian football and also um, in the AFL. This is the time of the year where we get to see the crop of young kids and
2: father-sons come through, so it's pretty exciting. It really is exciting. Duncan Kellaway, the glove, I had him at uh, Geelong. He was our physio for a few years. Right. Um, I haven't seen him in a number of years and I literally saw him in the Oval two weeks ago and had a little chat with him, which is great. So it's good to see his lad running around. And Yeah, Lewis had 27 disposals, four tackles, four inside
1: 50s and uh, the skipper, Dyson Sharp was amazing. Uh, 33 disposals,
2: 5 tackles, 11 clearances, 9 inside 50. That is one incredible game from the skipper in, in Sharp there. So it's uh, it's exciting. Some of the names coming through as you mentioned uh, the South Australian is in good hands. And this is the time of the year where we start to see the draft prospects really
1: come through as well. Men's and you look at the back end of the season in the Host Plus Sandful League and I remember every time that I've been at Adelaide Oval for the final series of the Sandful, I've seen a couple of players. I remember watching Cozzy Pickett play for Woodville West Torrens. Jason Horn Francis when he was playing at South Adelaide. Um, Even that that uh, North Adelaide year when they won the flag and seeing a young Connor Rosie and Jordan Sweet who have gone on to bigger and better things. How many premiership players at Woodville West Torrens have gone on to the AFL. So it's an exciting time and this is where I guess these young kids, the under 16s are starting to prepare for the next few years but you go a little bit older the preparation really elevates now as we look to the second half of 2023.
2: Yeah it does. I think the, the one that stands out to me is Horn Francis. His preliminary final against Glenelg yep. was absolutely incredible uh, a couple of seasons ago. But you're right. I think now that the championships are done, clubs are very comfortable in putting their under-18s into the reserves and into the league teams. And so we'll see a few more under-18s playing league footy as the season goes on and some good players that are going to be drafted. We're going to get to see them at, uh, at league level.
1: Let's have a bit of a review of round 11 before we tell you the big names that join us on the full Show today. Writing your performance review, it says more about me than you. It's
2: morally defeating and often misleading, but this is the best we can do. So here we go. What do you got for us, men? Yeah, look, uh, we'll start with Port Adelaide taking on West Adelaide on Saturday uh, at home at Alberton. It's a game they just had to win, Port Adelaide, and uh, inaccurate kicking, but they still got a 10-point win over the Bloods. They're they're in a fourth position port, so they are showing that they can do some damage this year, and uh, that consistency, which wasn't their last season, they're starting to bring it this year. Yeah, and this is,
1: again the evidence of the evenness of the competition, Port Adelaide have a losing record at the moment. They're five and six and they're still in the top four. So um, they, you wouldn't say they've had an outstanding season, but you pinch a couple of wins and you stay around the mark. All that matters is you're right at the right time of the season. So um, again, Adam Hartland and West Adelaide would probably be pretty disappointed by that result. And they're sitting in ninth at the the moment, but um, anything can happen.
2: No, it can. And they've been competitive in every game, West Adelaide, which is great to see. Uh, South Adelaide, much better this week. They, they had struggled in recent weeks, which we'd talked about. And we had uh, Bufferite on last week and spoke with him about it and just getting a few things to click. And uh, they were impressive on the weekend. They were far too good for the Eagles and uh, got the margin out to four or five goals in that third quarter. And uh, an important win for them away from home. We'll come back to that game. Let's move on to the next one. So Norwood uh, were too good for Sturt. So Sturt probably had the run in the first half, just didn't put the score on the board. And uh, Norwood stayed in the game. And I was so impressed with how well they spread away from the contest, which is something that they lacked in the first part of this season. So Norwood are back. Their best players, Rokar, Kennelly, none through the midfield, are back to their best. And uh, they've shown... That they can beat anyone and they take on, without jumping too far ahead, they take on Glenelg this weekend. So what a matchup that will be.
1: I know that we are going to go through your likes and dislikes very soon, but Sturt would be ruining the missed opportunities, wouldn't they? Yeah, they <laughs>
2: certainly would. They dominated. They were The inside 50 count was plus 15 at half time, and yet they'd only put 2-7 on the board and Norwood were leading by uh, four points at half time. So that is missed opportunities. And uh, it's very much the same in the next game where Adelaide went down Seven goals, 15-57 to North Adelaide, 10-6-66. North kick six goals in the first quarter to jump out the gates and uh, Adelaide just couldn't quite reel them in. Yep, we'll be
1: talking to Jacob Surgeon, the coach of the Roosters, about that not too far away. And then it's all Glenelg at the moment where someone texted in the Brekkie Show this morning saying I need to talk about Lockie Hosey's mark of the century. Apparently it's been called. So it's a big call because there's been lots of good marks in the sandful, but very good for the base. That probably was Lockie Hosey himself who <laughs> texted that in. <laughs>
2: But uh, no, nah, look, he's, he is—he is absolutely firing and dominating at the moment. As that team is, I mean, when you've got Liam McBean, Luke Reynolds, and Lockie Hosey, they've kicked three of the—they're three of the top four goal kickers in the competition. It just shows how well that team is going. And again, they kick five goals in the first, four in the second, two goals, six in the third and seven in the last. They are playing four quarters of footy nearly every week at the moment and there's not many teams that can go with them. They've got a point to prove as well, you'd think, the way that they are beating their
1: opponents, especially at home. Um, this is becoming a fortress now at Stratorama where you don't want to mess with the base. And again, it's a, it's a challenging thing because... They'll then, if they want to climb through the finals, they'll need to win games at Adelaide Oval. But they, I'm sure that they wish they had some finals football, at Glen Hill.
2: Oh, they play the ground so well there, and it's it's going to be slightly different at Adelaide Oval because it's a bigger ground, and they're going to have to defend a little bit differently. But um, the confidence that that group would had have at the moment uh, would be incredible, and and they are. It's hard to see where their first, their next loss is going to come from. Let's find out what you like from the weekend. What do you you, got for us? You mentioned this off the top of the show, Walshie, that it is such an even competition. Four of the bottom five teams won on the weekends. Now, that just shows that if you can get a couple of wins together, you can sneak into finals. You never know what might happen because we have, we say it every week, one of the most even competitions in the land. And with Port Adelaide sitting at fourth with a losing record, uh, there is any team still that could win the flag this year. I know. And you, you can't rule anyone out. You no. could
1: have the team that loses the first eight or nine games of the season, potentially making finals and going back to back. It's just so unpredictable. We'll ask Matt Panos about that when he joins us uh, a little bit later on in the show. Of the ball.
2: So we alluded to this what I didn't like was the inaccurate kicking on the weekend. So it cost two of the better teams in the competition this week in their games. Sturt kicked 3 goals 12 and 1 goal 10 after halftime. Adelaide kicked 7 goals 15 and 1 goal 6 in the last quarter. So Both Sturr and Adelaide had more scoring shots than their opposition on the weekend, but were unable to get wins. So it is games and it's going to cost team games if you can't kick accurately. 3-12 and seven goals, 15 is bad kicking.
1: Okay, men, we've arrived at the point where we're about to take a breather and then we'll head into our special guests like we do on the Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries, nothing beats the host past Sandful League and we're getting to know one another every time we speak in Studio Lumo. And next week, you're going to be joining me on breakfast, which is fantastic. So we need to ask the tough questions. Um, So I'm going to be as respectful as possible when I ask these tough questions because I don't want to make you uncomfortable so the first one: Have you done something off field that has resulted in you not playing Sandful for the Eagles? Let's just let's just get this one out of the way to start off with. Are you in trouble off field?
2: No, I haven't done anything off field. Okay, that's definitely not the case.
1: Um, from my perspective, and I have no idea what goes on uh, where you are at Morn Team. Uh, I have no idea what happens in the change room. I can't even kick a footy. <laughs> so I'm I'm not an expert in that. But in my opinion, and that is the reigning Ken Farmer medalist, would have had an impact against South Adelaide on the weekend where you guys ended up going down by a couple of goals, three goals, which you over the past few weeks have contributed to. So without going into breaking confidences, how are you personally dealing with the fact that you are not being selected to play for the senior team. It's impacted the team with the results on the weekend and you're pretty honest
2: and transparent about how it mixes with your headspace. How are you going? Yeah, look, it is frustrating. I think that uh, that's the thing is when, you, when you're when you looking and uh, I watched the game on the weekend and you definitely feel like you could help the team and you're not out there and you, fitness-wise, you're fine. Uh, I could healthily, I definitely could play I put my hand up. But, to not be picked is disappointing, and um, I still think I can have an impact uh, I'm 31. You still um,
1: think you can have an impact? You won the bloody thing last <laughs> year. You're, and this is what Mark Bickley said this morning. We're not just trying to pump your tyres up, but you're too good to be playing reserves, mate.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I got that feedback from the South Adelaide players uh, that I played against on the weekend. But I think early in the season, I wasn't that fit. I'd ha- come off the back of a few injuries and it probably was fair that maybe I wasn't running on top of the ground as well. But I certainly feel like I am covering the ground really well now. I'm, I'm really happy with how my body is pulling up and going. And uh, it's just one that uh, it's a situation I've got to deal with. I've been through plenty in my career and um, i just got to stay positive and, and try to help out the other players around me and the younger kids as well at our footy club and uh, what will be will be. I think it's strange that even if the South players are coming up and saying that you shouldn't be playing
1: this then there's there's something going on there, and I'm not going to ask any more about it, because I, as I said, I respect confidences, and I respect the relationship that you have with the club and the coach, and I don't expect you to say anything to break those confidences, but you're definitely too good to be playing reserves footy. So what we are going to do is turn our attention to our big guest joining us on the Sandful show today, uh, Norwood. They are on a winning streak, and the Prez, the man who broke the hearts of the Roosters organization last year, Matt Panos, he's going to be joining us. I'm pretty sure it's school holidays, so... He will be relaxing at the moment. He He might be be at the pub on the parade, (laughs) men's Also, Jacob Surgeon, the man whose heart, Matt Panos, broke last year. (laughs) And plenty more on The Sandful Show back after this. On SENSA, welcome to The Sandful Show.
2: Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League.
1: Jared Walsh and Dan Mental in SENSA Studio Lumo on this Wednesday afternoon. And... It's feel-good at the moment on the parade, men's. It started the year quite slow, very slow. It was awkward. It was uncomfortable. We spoke to Jade Rawlings a few times. Jade got his first win of the season by coaching the state team, which was, again, awkward. And finally, we can say Norwood are on a winning streak, and I'm pumped as you are to be speaking to our next guest, who I think is either on school holidays or looking forward to school holidays. And that is Matt Panos. Good morning to you, Prez. Welcome to SENSA, The Sandful Show. Are you currently on school holidays or participating in extracurricular activities?
3: Uh, well, sort of both. The whole school's on school holidays, but I'm uh, running a couple of... Soccer and footy carnivals this week. So uh, probably the busiest week of the year for me, but um, get two weeks <laughs> of holidays after that was is pretty handy.
1: That's great. So it's holidays for everyone else, and then we just get you at the busiest time of the year where you are outside sitting up for That's a soccer carnival. And we love that, mate. How are you going at the moment? It's obviously better than about six weeks ago.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think you um, said it right in the intro. It was a little bit uncomfortable going uh, zero and eight to start the year. Um, but we're, yeah, we've, we've stuck together quite well. We'll never really... Um like in, in disarray or anything or fighting throughout the club. We um we were stuck together pretty well. We knew that things were gonna turn. We we just needed a win to sort of build some confidence. And then we were going to, you know, hopefully get on a little bit of run and winning three games uh in a row, which is um really good for the boys in there. Um yeah, looking forward to the next few weeks.
2: Now, Matt, uh, the first eight weeks of the season, is there anything you can put your finger on as to why the performances wa- weren't cro- quite there? Like, it, it appears that the players are running on top of the ground a little bit better over the previous few weeks. Is there anything that you guys internally have sort of spoke about?
3: Uh, I think we just weren't playing our way and we, we play um, we play a strong brand of footy and um, – contested ball and, and winning out of the contest is, is pretty key for us. And I think at the start of the year we had I think three pretty bad losses for the first first three weeks and we just I think we just lost a bit of confidence and um, probably had a few guys out as well. We had a lot of change over and needed a bit of time to gel. We probably went gelling going from centre forward as well. So um, I think we we're pretty much doing the same training, just tweaked a few things. Um, there's a few games in the middle that we were winning in the last quarter and and ended up losing the game by a goal or two that last year we won quite a few close games, so that sort of built a little bit of pressure. but um, I think the the boys knew that it was going to come eventually, and we just had to to keep playing away and believing in the system and and getting get a bit of
2: confidence. And so we had Matty Nunn on about a month ago, and it was really honest with us on the show, which is great. He, after one win, he said, "Look, we we still think that we can win a few, and uh, and finals will be the plan or the goal." It uh, it seems like it's a real possibility now.
3: Absolutely, I guess with Sturt and Glen Elk um, only losing one or two games each, the the pack behind them is pretty close together. Um, so I think yeah, we're we're bottom at the moment but two games off fourth or something like that. So we we know that we just need to take it week by week. We put ourselves in a, a pretty bad situation with how we started the year, but we've we've got full confidence that we can beat anyone and um when we're playing the way we are at the moment, we're yeah, we've we're gaining belief each week and know that we probably can't lose too many more games um to make finals, but we certainly know that we'll be able to um give it a good crack for the next seven weeks.
1: Matt, this is probably going to be a strange question, but I'm a strange guy, so go with me. Did winning the Premiership and having the time as a collective group prepare you to deal with the adversity that you faced this year?
3: Uh, I, th- I think it certainly helped. Um, we had, I guess it's only Twig's third year, but his first year losing in, in straight sets in the finals, but losing a lot of close games, it was sort of the opposite last year we know that we can we can dig deep and the core of the group that we have at the moment is still quite strong and young and and has been there before um with some other new fresh faces coming through so yeah i definitely think the last couple years um has helped us and will help us in the in the next couple months towards Mm -hmm. september hopefully
1: the, uh, the Guernseys looked fantastic, mate, and I know that uh, Norwood have had a fantastic history of having representation from our um, Indigenous um, people, which is awesome. Um, for Sandful to really embrace that and adopt that, I'm sure that means a lot to the club.
3: Oh, absolutely. I think it's it's amazing that, that we're doing this now, and I think it's grown and evolved uh, organically over over a few years, and being able to wear the Guernseys is pretty special um, to play in, and then having... The two weeks um, so you can wear it home and away so the supporters can see it um, at at the home ground as well uh, is really good. And I think having smoking ceremony and acknowledgement of country beforehand um, is really good. And we have a lot of special Indigenous players that have played sample footy uh, in sample W currently playing now. Um, So it's really good to recognise them and the people before as well.
1: Tell you what, it looked a little bit strange though having Anthony Wilson wearing a Port Adelaide top instead of a Norwood one because he'd be quite handy for you at the moment, Rabs.
3: Absolutely. So I was, I was at the photo shoot and saw him, and I wasn't overly thrilled <laughs> <laughs> seeing him in the poor Genji. But we had a good chat. It was, uh, yeah, a little small forward would be uh, be good for us at the moment. But he's um, one of my one of my close mates, and uh, we've got a strong connection with with Norden winning in 2014 together. But yeah, it was a little bit weird seeing him in um, the arch enemies colours.
2: Now, Matt. Uh, while she referred to you as prez at the start, we've also heard King come up a little bit. I want to know. Take us back to the grand final. Tell us about that stoppage.
3: Um, yeah, it's uh, a pretty handy nickname to have, to have <laughs> at the moment. Not sure how long it's going to last. Um, oh, I knew that. Obviously, we'd we'd keep a couple goals, so um, I thought we were we were a chance to for something to happen. There was probably a couple of minutes left, but mocked eyes with with JK, um, Jacob Kennedy to try and put a block on and um I guess it sort of just like I fell into my lap a little bit and didn't have time to think, just chucked it on chucked it on the left foot. I don't think I kicked a left foot goal for quite a few years, so um after doing my knee, all I did was kick left foot, so hopefully I think that might have worked out pretty well for me in the end.
2: The hard work paid off, and uh, we also had Boydie on, and Boydie has said that he certainly hasn't got uh, the dues that maybe he deserves for that nice hit-out that just uh, put it on a platter for you. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, he's a very good ruckman. Um, I've been lucky enough to play with, with him in boulders, so um, no, nah, probably should give Boydie a little bit more credit. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was a little bit out in front. It wasn't quite on my plate, but... Uh the result was a good one in the end.
2: Now, you contained Sturt really well on the weekend. To keep them to three goals at home was uh, ultra impressive with your team defence. Uh, a little bit harder task this weekend. It doesn't get any easier. You take on Glenelg. How do you contain, I guess, an offence that has three of the top four goal kickers this season and are flying at the moment?
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a huge challenge, and they're uh, an offensive juggernaut. Their defence is really good as well, but they've got some, yeah, pretty good goal kickers so um our defense has been pretty stable uh, for the last couple of years and probably in the last six weeks have come together um like jack hurd didn't have a pre-season um pierce seymour i think plays first game in round five so um yeah the last month or so they've been rock solid and gaining confidence with each other so um i've got full belief in our guys will be able to hopefully quell them not going to Potentially stop them all, but hopefully we can we can quell them and probably need to do a bit more up the ground with our forward pressure and, and midfield to not let them have easy access and, and lace them out.
1: Uh, Before we let you go, Matt, we appreciate your time on the Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandful. Your house used to be called the House of Chester because I think you have a Grudel or a a Cavoodle or something like that. And now it's turned into the House of Oscar. And what happens where you have a dog kind of takes second billing when you have a child. So um, how is your sleep going? And are you looking forward to getting no sleep when you actually do get holidays? The idea is great, but it's obviously not going to happen. No
3: it's certainly not going to happen but um, yeah big big change in lifestyle i got a grumpy dog and a uh, four month old at the moment so it's uh, interesting household at the moment but I think um, my wife's looking forward to me having holidays more than anyone so I can help her out a little bit more it's pretty hard with work and footy um, you sort of miss a fair bit of time at home and he's developing um, a lot at the moment so sort of that four to six months I think they change quite a bit so um, he's starting to laugh and giggle and squeal and and do some things so getting um a bit more back from him now it's not just sleeping crying and well he didn't really sleep much so not sleeping and just crying so we're certainly looking forward to a couple weeks i'll take the no sleep to um spend some time with
1: the family well it's, it's certainly worth it and men's will you'll experience that um in a few months time now your dog just quickly is it a groodle or a cavoodle because i'm, I'm kind of trying to weigh up which one i should get because we're we're trying to look at moving into the, the dog area my two daughters want a dog so what's what is the dog uh in between he's a labradoodle oh okay so, so right. I'll- yeah, Labrador, <laughs> <cross-poodle>. <laughs> Labrador Poodle. Labrador Poodle, It's a good one, in the middle. All right, well, Matt, thank you for the vet advice and the father advice, and most importantly, um, you're always a, a pleasure to speak to, mate, and congratulations on bouncing back, and it's amazing. I was just saying to Menz at the start of the show, a couple of wins outside the top five, which is really good because we know that the damage the red legs can do when it comes to September, so um, enjoy the break that you have, obviously not from footy, but having a bit of downtime and um, the, the quality family time too.
3: Thank you. Thanks so much, guys, for having me. Thanks, Matt, Matt
1: Panos joining us on the Sandful Show from the Red Redlegs. There's not many people, um, men's, that you could say is one of footy's nicest guys ever. I mean, even – I asked him um, – when I did a podcast with the sample the other day, cause he's a teacher,
2: if he ever had to play against one of his students and he's yet to face against one of his wow. students,
1: but that will happen one day, yeah, which will be challenging.
2: It will. It'll be interesting to see at what level that happens and how, how he goes about it. But um, yeah, it's, it's an incredible story. He's had a great career. And uh, I was thinking about some of the better sporting moments the other day when I was going through in a list that I was, Putting together for breakfast next week and I thought his goal last year is a championship winning moment. That it's was amazing. incredible. And it'll go down in history of the sample. I've said this a couple of
1: times, but I was standing in the away race. So I was standing in the race where the North Adelaide team walked out of and looking at some of their trainers who were so excited because Aaron Young was going to win his first ever grand final and it was a fairy tale to finish off alongside the
2: McGarry and all this kind of stuff. And then um, I saw their hearts break right in front of me. Oh, I hope Serge isn't on the line yet. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's um, I mean, footy is such an amazing game for the Ups, but unfortunately there has to be a loser and the downs are there as well. And it, it was an incredible grand final though. Well, at least we can say that North Adelaide are winning because they won on the weekend
1: against the Adelaide Football Club and uh, Jacob Surgeon is always a good chat. So we'll have a chat to him next on The Sandful Show. Fierce Rivalries. Nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League. On SENSA, welcome to The Sandful Show.
2: Fierce Rivalries. Nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League.
1: Jared Walsh and Dan Menzel in Studio Lumo here. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League. We are always so blessed to have the access to the coaches of the big teams in the Host Plus Sandful League, especially even better when they are coming off a win, and it was a big win for North Adelaide, defeating the Adelaide Football Club and climbing up the ladder. They are currently in equal fourth position at the moment, so things are looking good for the Roosters, and we are joined by Head Coach Jacob Surge. And Surge, thanks for joining us. I said big win mate uh, what was it like at the club I, I felt like it was a statement win against quality opposition
0: thanks she thanks for having me on the show mate um, oh, it, it was mate it was um, we, we had seven changes from the week before when we lost to Sturt out at Sturt and um, you know four of those were forced in regards to some injuries and stuff like that and we omitted a couple of blokes and um, we, had some, we had some quality come in, in in Sammy Mays and Jesse White who made a huge difference for us around the ball um, but you know we, we blooded a couple of young kids in Kai Fringle and Hugh Wisman, um who just give really good effort and just, and just compete, um, uh, compete to win their contest and their position all day. So we we're thrilled for those guys to come in and have an impact. And uh, we got some other guys who have really been in really good form in our twos, um, the opportunity to play. And, um, you know, they, they executed the way we wanted to play and uh, and go about it against a pretty quality Crows outfit. I think they had 18 listed players, plus Jack Madgen, who'd obviously been at the Crows for, you know, eight or nine years. So um, I was really thrilled for the boys um, and their performance. But, you know, it means nothing if we don't back it up this weekend against South.
2: No, what well on Surge You're right. It was a very strong Adelaide outfit that you beat on the weekend. Uh, six goals in the first quarter. You must have been really pleased with how you opened the game. Uh, the offense is one of your real strengths, but it has dried up at times this year. Must have been really happy that it showed that you're still so potent when you can get your game going.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, I was definitely um, probably wasn't expecting um, that as uh, <laughs> as coach. I was obviously pretty thrilled. Um, you know, Sammy Mays kicked the first goal from outside 50 and um, and sort of got the momentum rolling for there. But, um, you know, we put a lot of time and effort into our ball movement, um, especially in, in recent weeks we've changed up a few things in the way we go about it. Um, we feel like our defence has been pretty solid all year. We haven't conceded huge scores, but, um we feel we feel like we tra- we had to put a little bit more time and effort into our ball movement and where we want to go with it and and um, and just our structures um, around the ground and um, you know a lot of credits going to go to my assistant coaches um, in regards to uh, a lot of the communication and effort we put in in the last month. So um, we saw that on the weekend.
2: And Serge, just want to know how unsettling and challenging it is when you, your better players are missing. You mentioned Sam Mays. He's only been on the park for four games this season. Jesse White, six. Even Aaron Young's played the eight. A lot of changes through your midfield. How much of a challenge is that?
0: Uh, as you know, men's, it's really challenging. You, you mentioned those guys. You know, Kenan Ramsey's basically only played one game after the States. Game this year as well. He hurt his hip flexor in that game and then came back for a week and, and hurt himself. So, um, you know, when you've got, you know, Benny Jars, we had Carl Finlay out. So we've still got, you know, f- at least four or five guys to come back into the league team um, with some of the guys who are playing in the twos. Andrew Moore played his first game in the twos last weekend. So um, we're starting to get a few troops back, which is good. Uh, but it's, it's really frustrating um, in regards to. Uh, you know soft tissue injuries and and some of the collision stuff which we which we've been unlucky with this year so um but you know we've always had the motto that you know if one soldier goes down the next one sort of going to come in um which most clubs have these days and um, you know I've been really thrilled with the attitude and effort that the players have put in on a on a consistent basis we just haven't been able to execute on the park and I think a bit of the fruits of that on the weekend, um, you know, came through with the way we've been going
2: about it. It's a, it's a really good point with Keenan Ramsey and it's great to hear that Andrew Moore's back as well. There's some really good names there. Now, hey, having knocked off Adelaide on the weekend, he was sitting third. You're only two games outside of third position. Is that double chance still that real carrot and that goal? Or is it sort of as maybe the bottom six or seven teams will be looking, no, let's just make finals and see what happens? Uh, just the old cliche there, man. One week in the final, let's just
0: focus on Damn. South Adelaide this week, buddy. Let's not worry about you know or let's anything else. Bill Belichick, yes. South Adelaide. So. <laughs> but oh, mate. You always you always plan and you to sort of always look ahead. Um, as coach, I, I just tell our players to focus on the week, focus on the next contest, the next session, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, it's such a as you know, the SNFL season this year is just a fun, fantastic one where any team from any position can win on their day. Um, you know, the, the competition's really strong. You know, there's been great improvement from Central's who are probably the big mover of the year. Um, you know, West Adelaide, you know, they beat us a couple of weeks ago and they're playing some great footy under Adam Harlett. He's really developing that group. And, um, you know, Port Adelaide, um, we're down the bottom of the ladder last year. I think they're in the in the five now and, and they're playing great footy. So, it's, you know, in my time being involved as a coach in the SNFL since, you know, the Crows came in, um... 2014, I think it was. Um, it's probably been the strongest competition and the most even competition in that time. So um, it's it's great. I'm really enjoying it. We're just got to make sure that we um, we focus on one week at a time.
1: Hey, uh, Serge, Warren Treadray has taken full credit for Port Adelaide's success in the (laughs) AFL after saying that Ken and the club is untenable and then they went on a winning streak. Is he taking much credit for the now success that you were having? And more seriously, what has his impact (laughs) been on yourself and the boys? Because his IP is priceless, mate, and I'm sure he brings really good vibes.
0: Oh, he does. You know, he's, it's, his, it's his job to, as you know, you guys work in the media, um, to, to be controversial. He's a very passionate Port Adelaide man, as he should be. He's a premiership captain and he's got a right to say some things. Um, but for, from our point of view, um, he, he his knowledge of not just his position as being one of the great centre-half forwards of all time, um, one of the great forwards, but... His, his IP, like you said, is second to none. And, you know, having him come out and just work with our forwards, but also work with our defenders about how you defend a forward and his leading patterns and all that sort of stuff it has been invaluable. Um I think the boys get a bit of a kick out about having, you know, Warren Treadray around as well because he has got good banter mm. majority of the time. I think we know that it can be pretty bad sometimes as well. yeah uh, Because <laughs> um, he thinks he's a funny guy, but he's not. Correct. But um, he... Um, it's from my point of view. It's great to have him involved just in the football club and just make sure, make him feel like it, you know he's been out of the game for a while now with all the COVID stuff as we all has been reported. But um, you know to have him around and have his input and just the little conversations that he has with players on the track or away from the track has been invaluable. And and he's I've, I've said to people I think I've said in other interviews you know if, if Warren Treder wanted to coach in his own right in regards to the way he sees the game, his knowledge of the game, like he could step into a coaching role very comfortably and very easy if that's what he ever chooses that he wanted to do in the future.
1: Love that. Uh, just before we let you go, we, we asked Matt Panos about school holidays. Now, do you take the kids to work with you and say, I'm going to show you what it's like to be part of North Adelaide, or do you stay <laughs> f- far away from home as possible for the next couple of weeks?
0: Um, no, there's, there's a mixed bag there. There'll be some days where the kids will potentially come uh, with me with me to work um, I, I actually really enjoy spending time this time of year with my kids as much as we can you know our, our footy schedule can be so hectic and there can be some really late nights at some time so any opportunity to get to spend some time with your kids is really valuable um, but you know you, you do go to work to get a rest and refresh <laughs> as well because as well she knows when you've got twin boys who are vibrant and enthusiastic um, just and like their passionate. dad just yeah, a yeah. <laughs> chip off there, a chip off the old block. I've been hit by the um, the karma bus with that one in regards to the way they are in their in in their, with their enthusiasm and and love for footy. Like they're getting really passionate into it at the moment. They're mad Port Adelaide supporters, which is good, um, and they love their roosters as well. But um, they've been sending a few videos to Ollie Wines and Connor Rosie and the boys, and uh, my my eldest twin Xander is really getting into the footy side of things, and, um, you know, even last night, and I hate cricket, right? Yeah, you know, we were up at 6.30 last night playing cricket because they were watching the Ashes, and I was just like, mate, Dad doesn't watch the Ashes, and we're not, <laughs> I'm not a cricket person. Oh, but let's go outside and play. Oh, all right, mate, no worries. So we are playing cricket till about 6.30, 7 o'clock last night in the backyard with the with the lights on. So um, it, it's good. I, I love school holidays time. It's great time to spend some time. Um, some quality time with your kids, which is which has been good.
1: Well, we love you, mate, and we love the fact that the Roosters are winning again. So good luck on the weekend. Keep that winning form going, and, uh, yeah, enjoy the quality time over the next few weeks.
0: Legends, well, thanks, Walshie. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on the show, boys.
1: Appreciate it. Thanks, Serge. Uh, Jacob Surgeon, again, he's a player that you'd want to play for. He's a coach that you want to play for too. Like, he's yep. amazing.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. And that, that's um, jovial and exciting side is what you need at footy clubs. Yeah. And, uh, it's also interesting, like – they're, we talked with Norwood about why they struggled. There is reasons and it's the same with North Adelaide. Mays, White, Young, he mentioned Moore and Keenan Ramsey. They're five of their most important players and they've barely been on the park together. So yeah. North Adelaide, we see it every week, their team is good. They will be dangerous when they get them all back. You
1: can tell it's impacting their reserves too because the reserves have really struggled this year but I'm sure that's because of personnel and they needed to blood players to get them up to the league side so they actually could put a team on the park. We know how good they are as a club even in their women's team who missed out in the finals. So look they have their challenge. But um, there is no better person to lead that resurgence uh, than Jacob Surgeon. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League. We will get into men's power ranking. On SENSA, welcome to the Sandful Show.
2: Fierce Rivalries. Nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League.
1: Jared Walsh and Dan Menzel in Studio Lumo on SENSA, building up to another massive round of the Host Plus Sandful League. Fierce Rivalries. Nothing beats it. And when I saw all the results over the weekend and listened to SENSA men's, I was like, yes, the power rankings are going to change. So let's get into it.
2: Yes, there is a massive shake-up in the rankings. Four of the bottom five teams won, so I had to change a few things. Now, at number 10, Walsh, they are stiff. It's West Adelaide. They've moved down three spots. They've been in a lot of games, but they've lost four of their last five now, and uh, I've had to put them at 10. Okay,
1: that's a big move, so that means someone is at
2: nine with another change. Who's that? Yeah, it's South Adelaide. They were much better on the weekend against the Eagles. Just need to see it for another week. Going into the Eagles game, they've won one of their last eight games. If they can show that again this week, they'll certainly move up the ladder and the power rankings. These are massive changes. At number eight on your power rankings? I've had to move the Eagles down. Uh, they've, what? They've gone down four spots. Four. and Which is huge, but in, in saying that, uh, look, they have seven of their last eight games at home. So, goal uh, finals is the goal. We mentioned that last week. But um, it's now three losses in a row. There's some personnel obviously out with some injuries as well that's hurting them. And. Uh, I've had to move them down a few of these teams that are in better form. I can tell you one personnel that's out that's hurting them. Who's number seven on the power rankings? At number seven, it's Central Districts. They are zero and five away from home. They need to compete better away from Convenience Oval. They are so good at home, we know that. But uh, if they want to make finals this year, they need to win away from home. Two down. This is amazing. This is just a mixed bag at number six on your power rankings. It's a real mixed bag, and Norwood is up to number six. They have three wins in a row. The Norwood fans have been giving us some feedback. When will we move up the table? Well, they're starting to do that. They have been so impressive. They beat Sturt at Wigan Oval on the weekend. They are back to being hard to beat. Very nice to speak to Matt Panos about that too. We also spoke to Jacob Surgeon from North Adelaide, and uh, they're in number five, right? They are. They've moved up three spots. Whoa. They were they were competitive against Sturt a fortnight ago at Wigan Oval, and they got the job done against the Crows. So they have matched it with two of the three best teams in the competition. They are up to number five. Who's that? four. Port Adelaide move up two spots Mm. with a few less AFL players in their team this weekend. They were still good enough to get the job done against West Adelaide. They come in at number four. Okay, it has been all over the place, but I like it. Give us your top three, men's. Sturt stay at number three. Really poor goal kicking in front of goal. Kept Norwood in the game. It probably cost them the game, but they are still sitting at number three. Okay, at number two. Number two is Adelaide. The exact same point there on Sir. Even is, after a loss. Yeah, inaccurate goal kicking. Uh, I still think Adelaide's best is as good as nearly anyone. They can give the number one team a at their best. And the Bays are at number one on your power rankings. Of course they are. They are in sensational form at the moment. The Bays, they've won 10 games on the trot. They are the easy number one. Okay, I need your tips here.
1: Men's, it is the Eagles and Port Adelaide on Saturday at the home ground of Woodville, West
2: Torrens. Yeah. Yeah, you you wonder what team Port Adelaide will have independent on the AFL side. The Eagles need a bounce-back win to stay in contention with finals, so I'm going to back the Eagles. You tipped
1: Norwood last week. Are you tipping them against the Bays? You
2: can't tip anyone against Glenelg at the moment. I have to go with Glenelg. They are the best team in the competition right now. South and North? This is going to be a real line ball game for mine. South are back to some really good form, but I like what North are doing, those inns that Jacob Surgeon mentioned. I'm going to tip North. Westies need to win. They're facing the double blues who need to win. Yeah, well, so West Adelaide lost by four points against Sturt only a month ago away from home. So they are every chance in this game. I think Sturt will bounce back, it's though. super Saturday football. All games on Saturday in Newry Utpa. Yes, in Newry. So it is a Central's home game, but it's not an ex-convenience oval. So this is their first opportunity to win away from Convenience Oval. I think Adelaide will be too strong and look to bounce back off their last loss from last weekend.
1: How nice would that be? Have a couple of cheeky Shirazes while watching the wonderful. Tour wine tour afterwards. Um, <laughs> this has been fantastic. Uh, always enjoyable speaking with you, Dan Menzel, over the next couple of weeks. We aim to catch up with Tyson Goldsack from the Port Adelaide Football Club. Brett Turner from the base. He'd be a fascinating chat too after the way be. he kind of had to uh, deal with some adversity at the end of last year. Um, we have Mickey Godden from Adelaide. Kenan Ram, or Alex Spina. We have we have plenty of big names coming up, Huge including names. Dan Menzel. Enjoy the footy, men's. Have a great week. Thanks, Walsh. You too.